Forecast, the Foreshadow Podcast, seeking glimpses of heaven on earth through conversations about people's lives and work. I'm Josh, the editor of Foreshadow, an online literary magazine featuring work that points to the kingdom of God. Today's forecast is a little different to usual. I've invited my brother John to join me again, this time in discussing singer-songwriter John Foreman's newest album, Departures, which was released this past February. Going through the songs one by one, we focus on the album's theme of yearning for heaven on earth. Our conversation is longer than usual, but don't let that stop you from listening to the whole thing. We explore a lot of meaningful territory. Also, I recommend you listen to the album Departures. It's worth listening to and pondering over, as John and I will do, and it will give you a better idea of what we're talking about. Here's my conversation with John. Well, hello, John, and welcome back to Forecast. Um, Thank you. Our, yes. Uh, to our listeners um, who may already know, John was on our second episode of Forecast called um, Blessed Are Those Who Mourn, talking about his experience as a music teacher and, um, and uh, coming collaborating on a concert and one of the songs was in honor of a teacher who had passed away and today we'll be john and i i've asked john to speak with me about something else that's music related which is another john john foreman's uh first uh, uh solo out full length album called departures and um there's actually a connection with the previous episode too because departures has a lot to do with um mourning and and grief, although there's also hope as well, and um, and and life and gratitude as well. But um, I think one of the reasons why I wanted to speak with John about this uh, album was because of its focus on on death. And in our previous forecast, um, in my conversation with Matt Jackson, who's a doctor, and feel free to listen to that if you haven't. I, I recommend listening to both of these episodes I've re- referenced. Um, he spoke listen about them all. Just listen to all of them. All of them, <laughs> indeed. Um, Matt was saying how um, in our time today, he's a doctor and he's, he's faced a lot of death, but um, most people today don't face death the way that humanity used to in the past, where, where um, it, people were involved in animal husbandry, um, slaughtering animals, and death was just, um, even, even among the community people saw was, were more connected to those who are dying. And so I think John Foreman has a lot of things to offer to us in reflecting on um, the past year of COVID-19, um, his own personal um, losses in his life. Um, and so part of forecast, one of our emphases is eschatology, which is um, talking about the last things. Not, uh, so that's both with regard to the end of the age um, the kingdom of God, the, the, the new creation, heaven on earth, uh, but also our own de- mortality. And so, um, so today, John and I will be talking about the whole album. Um, and John, you're actually the one who, I think you, you asked me, have you, uh, if I've, or at least you usually ask me have, if I've listened to the, whatever new John Foreman has come out with. And I, I don't remember if you did that this time, but um, Switchfoot has been Switchfoot. If you don't know, John Foreman is the 
uh, also the lead singer of the band Switchfoot. Um, and so, John, can you maybe introduce our listeners to um, who uh, Switchfoot is and also how Switchfoot has had an impact on your life and, and John Foreman as well? Um, and um, I know as, as you and I are brothers, we grew up, uh, not grew up, but for, um, I guess, ever since high school. I'd say grew up. I'd say grow up is a big part of our big growing part. up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, ever since high school, at least we've, we've been listening to Switchfoot. So that, that's been almost, is it what, what 20 years, almost, uh, a little under 20 years, I think um, that we've been, that Switchfoot's been a part of our lives. Yeah, pretty much. Well, for, it's like around 1999 is when we started listening to him, right? About that, or 2000, I think. This is when we started to listen to uh, picking up different artists, and Switchfoot was one of the, the artists that we found around the year 2000, which I was in middle school, so okay. <laughs> that is even okay. more formational for yeah. me, I suppose. But before we get into that, I have a question. Are, like, every single time you have, a, you have a topic about death, are you just going to pick up the phone and say, hey, John, come on over. Let's talk about death together. It's like past two. And, uh Anyways, well, I wouldn't mind. I, I wouldn't mind if you were available to do that. But I think the reason why today that I asked you is partly because of um, your expertise in music. You studied music composition. You're also a music teacher, and um, and also Switchfoot and John Foreman are uh, we are are groups where John Foreman is an artist that we both have enjoyed for for a long time. So, so I think we will have a lot of good things to. Th- talk about there but i do hope to have you again on a future <laughs> episode and um but yeah um so could you introduce um who, who is john foreman um and sure. and how wh- what impact has his music had on your in your life yeah definitely um so I, josh did, you did a pretty good uh good summary on who john foreman is saying you uh Senior uh, artist uh, who released a lot of Christian music, uh, or mu- mu- I want to say Christian music because Christian music also have, has that like genre, which that's definitely outside of what they were doing. They were uh, they're Christians who wrote a lot of music. Uh, it was a band that of uh, Christians that wrote a lot of music, and um, I think also the fact that they were senior native also had a certain like grab on us because that they were one of us. They weren't just mus- musicians that wrote a lot of good stuff, but also there's a sense of identity that we attached ourselves to. But something that, that people have often attributed to the band Switchfoot was that like there are rockers who like to think. <laughs> I think it was something that mm-hmm. one uh, journalist wrote. And, um, and so in middle school, as I kind of, for me, as I was trying to understand my narrative and understand my spin on the world, um, having a group of musicians that wrote music um, that forced you to think and also were from the same coast that you were uh, definitely had was a, a kind of, uh, it was cool, <laughs> for lack of a better term. It definitely it was a big form on my identity from there. Uh, and so there, the, I think the first album we listened to theirs was Slowing to Breathe. So like mm-hmm. way back then. And I, I still remember we were, we were this for me again, because I, I was younger than you. It's like, it was, it's, it's the different, uh, there's a big difference between middle school and high school, I feel like, but this is back when we had 56K on, on our internet connection back with dial up. And so we were trying to find music, uh, music to listen to. And like, also when we found out, oh, music videos existed, we were trying to load, we took about like three hours for us to watch an entire 
uh, music video of theirs just because we were so enthralled by their music and also enthralled by uh, them maybe skydiving, maybe not skydiving. So in the music video of, of uh, you'll already take me there. Um, but yeah, so for me, that, that they were just a big band um, that I followed all the way until, I, actually still still today, because we're talking about right now. But like um, when John Foreman released his first set of solo EPs, that's when I said, oh, here's something really special. I really liked um, a lot of their band works, but the solo works always grabbed me because there's a sense of intimacy that um, was there in Switchfoot's works, but it was kind of coded on by all of the electricity of the rock. So when he started releasing his solo works, I was like, oh, this is cool. I like what's going to be happening here. Um, and I think, as you mentioned in Departures, they talk a lot about eschatology, a lot about ends. Um, all of his works seem to have a focus on that. He's someone that really uh, talks about um, the fact, as you mentioned, we don't really talk, or actually, rather, at the last pod podcast mentioned, we don't really talk too much about um, the ends in our society. We, don't, we like to like we place people into uh, into dirt, you know, six feet under, and I'm not trying to deal with it, but like it's important that we do wrestle with it. Anyways, um, and so the thing is, yeah, I've, I've been following these guys all the way through college, and then I, I guess we should segue on to our 2017 situation, right? Sure. Yeah. Yes, that would be. Yeah, that's another reason why I, I was hoping I was hoping you would share. I would hope hoping you would share that. Sure. Experience. Sure. Yeah. Um, so as uh, as you mentioned, Josh, um, I teach music at an elementary school. If you want to listen to podcast episode two, you should definitely check that out. I talk a little bit about that. But my second year teaching, I decided to just um, we have an after school choir and we decided to just learn different music I focused a lot my first year on like not classical music but more folk music I think more music that you'd find from J.W. Pepper at least in the United States more like choral music standards but I wanted to give a little bit more pop in the uh, in the flair and so I decided um decided to try out because you know I'm a Switchfoot fanboy <laughs> or uh, I like their music a lot uh their album uh, Where the Light Shines Through was coming out Float came out and they decided you know what, this would be fun this is a fun song for kids to learn. I like the song. Also, it's in seven four. So, um, let's seven four. Can you explain what that is to our listeners? Certainly. So, um, in music, there is a sense of meter, which is where it is the rhythmic pace of how a song is structured on. So, typically, most a lot of songs are in four four. So, one two three four. One two three four. Then a song is built off this. Sometimes though, um, the meter might be in three four, where it's three uh, beats per measure. So one two three. One two three. Often have this in kind of like waltzes, essentially. Uh, there's different kinds of meters people play with, but uh, something that's off that some musicians use is what we call asymmetrical meter. Um, which is meter that doesn't feel stable. So there are things that you break apart. So you have five, four, which is one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, one, two. Kind of has like a little bit of a, a lilt. It's not fully stable. And seven, four is always the, um, a fun one uh, because it's broken between four and three off times. So one, two, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, one, and such. And so the song Float uses that meter and it still sounds really good. And so since this was a, since I'm, you know, I'm doing this in the, for not just for, I'm teaching this song not just for funsies with the kids, but also for musical 
um, knowledge, uh, this would be a good segue into learning asymmetrical meter as well. So I teach my uh, grades four, five, six choir this song. And then um, we, I was doing some sort of video for uh, my for our VAPA department. And my VAPA coordinator um, at the time, Lauren Shelton, she's she a powerhouse. Um, but she found out I'm a fanboy of two things, Nintendo and Switchfoot. And Switchfoot worked closely with um, the Save the Music Foundation, um, which is a foundation that provides instruments um, for public education. And so they, yeah, they um, have been huge down to the list. A lot of schools have received either strings or they received ORF packages, which is like um, essentially, how do I get into ORF? Orphism, I, I, or, I'm just gonna say ORF packages. If you wanna search that up, <laughs> by all means, you are, I can, there, it's, ORF is a great way to look into, but we can spend a whole conversation yes, on that. Yes, I, I think I should uh, warn can, our listeners that um, conversations that we have could probably branch off into millions of different directions that could each be their own episode perhaps. So yeah, um, yeah, that's a good yeah. recommendation to, to if you want to know more, you can at me on Twitter if you have that at Mr. Salazar, M-R-S-E-L-I-G-M-A-N. If you want to do that, by all means, feel free to reach out. I'd love to share my knowledge or what my piece of knowledge. Um, anyway, so ORF packages, they also have sent out piano labs as well, the creation of that, but um, also band instruments. And so, um, which my school uses, we have a band uh, program at my school. Does, anyways. That all said, back tracking since I speak a lot on just stuff. But don't give me that judgment, Josh. Not appreciate it. I'm just <laughs> anyway, laughing with you. No, of course. That, that's what I like to say. Uh-huh. Um, or for you, anyways. laughing for you. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, Switchfoot works closely with the Safety Music Foundation, who works closely with Chula Vista. And so, um, Lauren Shelton knew that. She kept that in the back of her head. And over um, probably around, I think it was March. No, 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 it must have been earlier than that. I think it was, must have been like November or something. Switchfoot came down to one of our school sites, not my school site, but another school site in our district, Roger, Rogers Elementary. Um, and they did a small little concert and also Rogers Elementary with their band programs did a small little concert. And Lawrence said, Lawrence said, you should come and you should also have a recording of your kids singing float. And so, okay. I guess this is happening. And so I've met the guy several times at you know different uh, meet and greets and whatnot. And just uh, and so I was like, okay, this is that's cool. Lauren then comes up to me and says, Hey John, so you have that recording. So yeah, it's like, I, I say, and Lauren says, Yeah, I uh, just talked with the guys and um, they're really in, uh, they're, they're really uh, touched for lack of a better term. They're, they like the fact that you, that you do this, like you should show it to them. They want they, they might want to do a collaboration with you. I said, like, wait, wait. Wait, what? <laughs> this is not a meet and greet anymore. <laughs> this is not what I was trying to do. And so I, I, um, I uh, yeah. So by that point, then I started losing my professionalism and starting to get a little nervous. Um, but they did the concert. I came up to them afterwards. We talked. I showed them a video of my kids singing float. And then they mentioned how they'd like to do. Uh, every year they have a broam, which is a concert over on uh, Moonlight Beach where they perform music and also there's surfing there as well. And they said they would like to offer a treat to the promoting sixth graders and have them perform on stage. But also they wanted to do something even more special where they wanted to announce this as a surprise. So um, 
we were in communication, um, me, their management team and other, and other forces were in communication. And um, I think this is May, they came in, they surprised my kids. There's a video of them like sneaking into <laughs> elementary school. Um, I'll provide a and, link to that so that people can watch that video. Sure thing. I, I think unfortunately they, there is a video of it on YouTube, but the best behind the scenes video is on Facebook. So I'll send you both of them. Unfortunately, okay. if you don't have a Facebook, so be it, but YouTube is definitely accessible to all peoples. Um, but yeah, so uh, kids were like, were the kids, unfortunately saw, they saw them hiding in, in not in the bushes, but in a corner. So they, they knew something was up. Um, but even afterwards, uh, they, like, in the middle of the bridge, they uh, switched walked in and they sang along with my kids rehearsing. And at the end, one of my students started just crying. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm in front of Grammy award-winning rock stars. So uh, it, was, it was great, it was a good time. Um, and so they invited our sixth graders to perform on stage with them that summer for the Bro-Am. Uh, and so that summer was a packed summer. Uh, we not just performed there, but there's also the Bro-Am, um, what do you call it? Uh, auction night kind of just like a fundraiser for the for a bunch of things that because which it's very um is very intentional in their community so they they definitely have supports for not just the save the music but also um a lot of foundations that at nine o'clock i am not thinking about at the moment but yeah they're they're really uh, entrenched with their community and so the my students performed on that auction night to help support those foundations they also were at the san Diego airport as well um, and some of the kids performed um, at that event as well. So it was just a full, it was a very full summer. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you don't, uh, don't know, uh, Chula Vista, we have year round um, summers. So we only have like about six weeks of summer. So a big chunk of that was mm -hmm. taken out just by all the rockness and all the festivities. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was great because not only the performance stage, but my students also were taught how to surf by, not by the guys, but by the, the, the um, the by the Bruin um people and so okay. that was like I, I can only imagine like how mind-blowing that was for sixth graders wow. I think seventh grade yeah how that was um, cool. it was a great day it was a great day and then the, the final icing on the cake we get on stage and there's thousands of people on the beach which is I'm sure hard to conceive with uh, with us having masks during COVID. But like <laughs> before COVID, there was a time where we can like all conglomerate in, in front of like a stage, thousands and thousands of people. And then if you include the uh, people live streamed, even more people there as well. And so as I'm on stage, you know, pl playing my ook with the kids, I am, you know, as someone who grew up loving Switchfoot's music, and resonating with them around the age that some of these kids are mm. actually probably the age those kids were mm -hmm. uh, think about it um i'm like my like, I, i'm just i'm still in that rote performance mode but like my mind is like wow this is this is very this is <laughs> kind of like what i was like you know a little bit dreaming about yeah. back in the day yeah. but also like but i can't imagine only imagine how this is for my students and them being on stage just in front of everyone, they were nervous, super nervous, but also it was just, it was great. It was, it's probably not how yeah, you dreamed of playing on stage with Switchfoot, but no. <laughs> um, but it's probably even more um, amazing being able to multiply that experience with all of your students. Yes, very much so. I think too, I, in its truthfulness, like, yes, even though like 
as kids, we dreamed that we play with our with our heroes uh, on stage. But like in truthfulness, what really was it wasn't the ice on the cake. It was the ice on the cake was me being on stage. The cake itself mm. was my kids <laughs> having mm. that, that that experience and their yeah. lives forever being changed. Because yeah, they, I talk to yeah. them every now and then, um, and just I catch up with my former students, and like they still reference it and says, and so yeah, um, I'm hoping that led placed a little seed of hope in them. So cool. Thank you. Yeah. So you've you've been able to share that your love of uh, John Foreman's music with your students, and you've also played on stage with John Foreman. And um, so maybe segueing. Well, actually, one more something? story. Okay. I don't mean this to be the John Seligman show. This must be the John Foreman show. But um, there was also during like, the last thousand twenty. Is that last year? Twenty twenty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when schools closed. Uh, a lot of you know we had to do everything online but i still want to have something of us you know, i wanted to still have some form of music education happening during the begin early pandemic and so um the song we were working on was on switchfoot's last album um on native tongue with a song called wonderful feeling we were supposed to collaborate with another school that was also had the privilege to perform a switch on stage um the song called wonderful feeling unfortunately that concert didn't happen because of covid but uh my students then sang "Wonderful Feeling" um, through virtual uh, through a, a, a virtual performance. Mm-hmm. Once again, the guys saw that and they mm-hmm. asked if that they could be uh, if that could be used for a performance. So, mm-hmm. in essence, it was like once again, it was great that Switchfoot recognized yeah. that, that these students still even even during that during a pandemic they still recognize the power of the students and they, so they another there's another moment where switchfoot sang along with my my kiddos yeah even though it was virtually so yeah yeah they're just a great group just saying yeah it's it's really great that they're um they care about the the community and the students as well mm-hmm. um but yeah so that might be a good segue well, into this uh into our conversation, um, the pandemic, because uh, from my understanding of John Foreman's album, Departures, that was, um, the songs were not written during, not all of them were written during the pandemic. I believe they were written over the past many years, but um, during the pandemic, he was really looking for material and, and, and um, digging up some of these songs. And they, and I think that's one of the themes is just how they're, they're kind of, they come in this time of much loss and how things have changed. Like you're saying people can't gather on the beach um, surfing and playing music together like before um, being one example of how things have changed. And so this album called Departures um, really uh, encapsulates that. Um, And so it sounded like you were going to say something. I was, but it's fine. Okay. I, I don't remember anymore. Okay. It was well, like a small, a small bit. Continue. Okay. Well, maybe we could, we could talk about the, the title first, um, Departures. Um, uh, what, what do you make of that title? What do I make of the title Departures? Um, there's a lot of elements that I don't think I, what do you make of it? That's, that's fine. That's a fair question. Um, well, I'm proud I, of you. <laughs> yeah. I've spoken enough so far. That's fine. Um, so yeah, departures on one level, um, it's, I, I think of it primarily in terms of people departing. So in this album, there's, for instance, the very last song, um, 
last words. Mm -hmm. uh, it's talking about, it seems to be talking about someone who's, who's died. Um, and he's, I remember I heard him, him say that it, he, he had a, a lot of people in mind who have passed away when, when he was writing that song, but his grandfather was, was one major person who, who passed away recently. And, um, and uh, the last words to me, he sings, your last words to me were keep breathing. And so it's, it's almost as if he's, John Foreman is um, trying to say goodbye to his grandfather, to these people who have passed on and remembering their last words, their, that last moment that they've had. And so I think that's one level of departures, um, departing people, physically departing from this life. Um, another might be in terms of the pandemic, um, we're departing from, we have been departing from as a society from uh, how things were pre-COVID, um, the things that we were just talking about, like the things we could once enjoy the um the times with other people that's we're that's that's dead in a way we're departing from that we're in a, in a new chapter of life um of society a, a kind of the, what they call the new normal um or and or you know still trying to figure out what that looks like so those are two two of my i guess two things that come to mind for me, when I, the album was about to be released, and we saw uh, they released three, four songs, uh, Education, Side by Side, uh, Red and Gold, and Jesus Had My Doubts, um, as kind of like a taste of what the album was to be. Uh, I, everything you hit up was a very accurate, I believe, but I think another portion was just the element of we are in the midst of a journey. And so departures, not just talking about what we're leaving, but the fact that also that um, we were also on this continuous path as well. It's not like we're at home or we're like stationary. It is a very much a movement towards some, um, a movement from something and movement towards something as well. So I think the journey element is also an important bit as well. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think um, on one of the videos I saw, I can't remember the exact words, but it said something like, these are songs born of the journey, not the destination. So I, yeah. I, yeah, so so it's as if we are, depart ourselves departing and maybe that um but maybe because there's different elements to this departure that's why it's mm -hmm. called departures because he's he's talking about these different dimensions of departing but yeah okay um so let's let's talk i was thinking we could talk about um go through the songs so the first song yeah. is um ocean beyond the sea and um people have often expressed kind of the first thing people might think of is um the hobbit the, the misty mountain <laughs> songs uh because of how similar it sounds musically but i think there's a lot of or um, if you're also a lesser person you also might think of pirates of the caribbean which i say no you are definitely wrong but anyways <laughs> that's my shade but no i definitely i definitely have it has that misty mountains aesthetic as well especially with john singing in that lower register which he's not used to singing or i shouldn't say not used to he does not typically that's how the tessitura usually resides within. He's usually a, someone that belts a lot. So, mm -hmm. yes, um, and I think that's that's something that it seems in this album to me that he does a lot of different things musically. Um, mm -hmm. This song is very different from a lot of the others. Like this is the only song I think that has this kind of it almost feels like a a movie soundtrack, um, and with with a so really rich orchestration. I don't really think any of the other songs has the same level of orchestration. 
But so what... the song actually was, re- was released not on album, but first off, just a little bit of backstory with the song. This is a song that he used to sing to his, to his daughter um, before she went to sleep. And she'd always like say, this is too dark, please stop. <laughs> but uh, it was definitely a, like a song of like, of what is to come kind of, I guess, instilling kind of seed of hope to his daughter. But the song was released actually um, in the film 25 and 24 when um, his last solo set was uh, The Wonderland. So it's 25 songs in 24 hours. During that film of when he did, so also, I think, I don't remember what year this was, was it 2018, 2019? Um, he decided to pull off performing in uh, different parts of San Diego at different part, t- times of the day. So at 10 o'clock, he performed the song that was supposed to be at 10 o'clock, which was um, Terminal, with also two other songs at a certain place up in Encinas, I believe. Then a different area he performed in the next hour. So every single hour, he's performing at different places akin to um the uh the eps he released when someone was following along with a ca- camera and they decided to make a film the very beginning of that uh video the film was of oh, the ocean beyond the, uh, beyond the sea and everyone was like oh, wait i've never heard this song before what, what's this all about and it was actually this until this um this album i think and the orchestration was also akin to what he was trying to convey in that film as a prelude towards uh the 25 and 24 project. Mm, okay, so, so it's kind of a link bet- between this album and the previous project that he did. Very much so. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. Okay. so it's very appropriate to be at the beginning uh, of this album in that regard. Um, but look, what, what I really am struck by in this song is I, I, I think the writing is really, um, it, to me, from what I know of John Foreman's writing, it's very more, there, it's a higher level of poetry um, here. There's a lot of, um, paradoxes that really um, make it intri- this song really intriguing. So there's an ocean beyond the sea. Um, there's in the forest beyond the trees. There's a valley above the sky. And then especially in the chorus, um, beyond the silence, I heard a whisper as soft as thunder, as cold as fire. Um, these are, so it's, the whole song to me seems to have these um, paradoxes, but it's pointing us to, to my mind to this realm beyond us and i think that's lord of the rings is really appropriate because jrr tolkien um also wrote a lot about uh, the realm of fey or fairy Mm -hmm. which is a perilous realm that we um that some that 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 people are often summoned on on a quest or um on 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 a journey through as if as you know in lord of the rings the, the um in middle earth um they're, well, Frodo and Sam, and they go on this perilous quest, and um, and they encounter all sorts of dangerous things that that tra- that change them and transform them. And I think this song, um, this song almost is a kind of a summons to us to uh, to uh, or a, a call to um, to know that there's this realm beyond beyond our reach, but um, mm-hmm. at the same time we can hear the whisper and we can, we can, um, it, it's, it's almost as if uh, it's, 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 it's within our grasp if we have the right eyes or if we have the right approach to it. But, um, but the rich man, the tyrant, the sirens, those people won't be able to enter that realm. Um, it says, 
There's a highway beyond the road, beyond where power is bought and sold, and the rich man could never find it. I mean, that reminds me of how Jesus says how hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so to me, I see a connection between this ocean beyond the sea um, with the kingdom of God, um, even though he doesn't say kingdom of God. It, to me, it's, it's an image oh, of, it- of that kingdom. It's very much there. No, that I, that's very much what I see as well. Like uh, uh, the ocean beyond the sea. Uh, of course, if we're going to be pulling on Lord of the Ring, Lord of the Rings literature as well, like just the whole um, the Undying Lands as well. Even though that's mm, not like, good point. exactly one to one with uh, with heaven, but essentially just like there is something beyond what yes. is present. Um, and yes, it talks a lot about paradoxes in, in this, but it's also to evoke i feel like if this is for his daughter to evoke don't not to evoke the imagination of the individual and to see that there is more than just the material there's more than just the there's more than just what we see here mm-hmm. yeah great um okay is there anything else you want to say about this song as you mentioned, like the, the orchestration is very different than anything he's done before. Um, the shout out also goes towards um, orchestration was done by, wow, I forget why I'm dropping these names. Uh, Future Forestry. Yeah, there we go. Uh, so there, he, um, the lead singer was the one who had helped uh, okay. collaborate with him. He John Foreman is known for doing a lot of collaborations, especially with the last set of EPs, but um yeah, so that, I think that played a big role in this. And um, whether or not you feel the execution was the best, I think it was also to note that this, the, the grandioseness mm-hmm. of what is to come was parallel with the grandioseness of the um, orchestration juxtaposed against a lot of his other works, which are very, and remember his first set of solo EPs are very much just the guitar and an instrument. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, going, I feel like also like, as this is the beginning of the, this his newest, uh, of this work, um, it goes against all expectations. Um, expectations was about, like, when people think about John Foreman, you think about intimate music. And this is, this opening was anything but. Mm-hmm involving anything but just one person essentially yeah mm. yeah so you can you can see that maybe in, in, in maybe i'm reading this too deeply but in a way if he's trying to illustrate the kingdom of god um it's something that we won't expect it's something that will catch us by surprise maybe maybe that's well, um, something there maybe so but the fact that you were mentioning that in the lyrics i think whether or not the music was not uh, was meant to do it the lyrics do it, definitely do it to evoke unexpectation, mm-hmm. as soft as iron. Although yes. iron, well, as cold as fire is probably a better uh, um, analogy. So yeah, mm-hmm. going against expectations for sure. And then that goes, so then it goes into the second song, Education. Um, mm-hmm. And this to me brings back Switchfoot's musically, um, Switchfoot's some of their older music it reminds me of um more like uh, their second album uh, a new way to be human just the the playfulness the um the rock sound of it the kind of the, sim- the the very simple instrumentation 
um and yeah just the way that his his singing is but um but it's in a way it's another contra it's it's another paradox in a way or at least he's kind of um playing with words again about education that this is a there's a there's a deeper education than the ones that you get in high school or in college or the ones that people pay for um here i really like those opening lines here's an education that you can't pay for how to get up again and try here's an education that you can't pay for how to look me in the eye here's an education that you can't pay for how to get back in the fight here's an education that you can't pay for how to say goodbye and that last line how to say goodbye is um echoes the departures, departures. yes yeah also to go along with that it goes from the it's it's a it's a jump of, of affection not like, like affection but like a jump of like how you go from a big grandiose kind of soundtrack sound to the much more intimate and like also the very image richness of ocean beyond the sea to this kind of dylan-esque um rap that he starts out with with the with a honk tonk kind of like I, what, I don't even know what that is. It's like a harmonium almost like I think it is, or maybe it is corny, mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But it is goes from uh, a huge juxtaposition of the big to the intimate okay. from the almost um, the fantasy likeness or the story book likeness of the first song to the more rooted or rather should I say the more um, tangible element of the world. Mm. That makes yeah. sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's as if it starts off really painting this epic picture, this, um, uh, I don't know, dramatic scene, and now we're zooming in and we're in the characters. I, I think I'm reading too much into this, but I'm just thinking aloud. I don't think you are. Um, we're in the characters. Now, this, this person is on earth, living life and, and experiencing life and experiencing life in, in a deep sense, not just the surface level, because... Uh, it says you lose yourself when you love someone and talking about the pain of, of, of loving someone. Um, and I, in, in one of his quote, I was reading something he, he was saying about this song. It was oftentimes in, in films, the, the hero sacrifices himself and that's their sign of self-sacrifice and love. But even as true as that is in the day-to-day -day experience, he also wants to highlight in this song, he, he says that it's also about changing someone's diapers or making their lunch or those, those um, really small acts that we do for other people that often don't get sung about or told mm -hmm. stories about, but that are just as um, self-sacrificial and, and uh, a, way of, um, a way of loving and uh, growing more deeply and getting that education that you can't pay for, that um, those qualifications in a way that kind of... Um, that experience and wisdom that one gets f through living life and the scars of, of living through life. Um, mm -hmm. and, and then he also mentions uh, in this song, every breath is a contradiction. And I think breath seems to be a, a, a recurring theme the, or image in this album uh, of breathing. And actually, as we were talking earlier, the, the first album we listened to by Switchfoot, Learning to Breathe, that seems yep. to be... Uh, um, an image that that is not just in this album, but throughout John Foreman's um, writing, the this the idea of a breath. Maybe if we spent more time thinking about it, we could think of other themes. But this will keep coming up in the songs that we discuss today. 
your breath, right. breathing in. I wish he went further into it, to be quite honest, because it, it feels like he goes, he's kind of like a, almost taking this Buddhistic mindset that breath, oxygen is something that you, that's good for you, breathing in, but it's not something that you can hold on to. If you hold on to, you will die. You have to let it go as well. So the good that comes in is something that good that has to go out as well. But it feels like he, in the, <laughs> it feels like he just takes the breath in, but doesn't go, oh, and the, the, musically, it doesn't go beyond that, which is where I, I, there was something, there's a good nugget there, but it didn't go further beyond that. I don't know. That was mm -hmm. my, when, my, when this album first came out, actually when it started, I said when this single came out, that was my first thought. Oh, okay. He's making this allusion to this uh, philosophical mindset, which is very important, I think, akin to what else is being shared in this whole album. But then it doesn't go anywhere. Like, eh, Interesting. Um, so so can you say more about what how you understand the, the breathing in idea? Well, I'm just going to recap what I said. It's uh, essentially just that the good things that happen in this life are not things to be held on to. They must okay. be let go, hmm. um, which would be just as much akin to the whole notion of this whole album of departures, that all good things we must let go. Um, it's, later pa it's, on, a, it's, gonna... it's passing. It's not something we can keep. Forever. If you hold on to yeah. it, it will destroy. Like, if you hold on to it, you, like, you will destroy yourself if you try to hold on to it. Mm -hmm. um later i'll we'll get more into it one of my favorite songs is the second to last song the valley of the uh of the shadow of obsolescence like talking about his mortality almost or his like relevance more mm -hmm. i think more is the relevance of being an old uh, being an older individual now and like how do you reconcile not being relevant for lack of a better term, mm -hmm. quote unquote relevant. You're not the young person you used to be and you can't hold on to it either the way you used to. So similar here, you can't hold on to the, the very thing that you need for life, the breath that you take in, you must let it go as well. It's interesting. And and how, just as you're talking, um, breath, breathing and oxygen is a resource we all need, but we can't, We I mean, our bodies are limited in how much oxygen we can take in at a time. It's a, it's to us relatively, it's an unlimited resource, but because it's all around us, you know, but we can't, we can't hoard Except it. Sorry. Yes. Or it's not an unlimited resource. <laughs> That's the thing. No, uh, relatively. Conception. Yeah. Okay. It's true. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but, but even more so like, uh, I don't know, I can get way in depth with this and a notion like, like the way that you're right. It's it's important for us. It's important for us all to live, but also how do we hold on to it? Like not just in our own lungs, but how do we package it into other things? How does corporations try to take hold of the important resources? We can't, or else it will destroy the whole world essentially. If we okay, hoard these, yeah. these resources, okay, it will be terrible for the whole society as as a whole. Yeah, that's a good point on a on more of a macro level, um, and then yeah. I, and on the micro level, it's um, we can only appreciate it. Um, no one can have any more breath than anyone else. We, we can only appreciate it each time we breathe it in. Um, mm -hmm. So that's quite a powerful image, I think. Um, okay, and then the next song, um, Side by Side. Well, um, this one is more like, I think it's more, um, at, well, at first it seems like a romantic song, but um, so... It's about. It seems to be about people standing side by side and kind of really um, lovely music. Um, where you and I are as different as snowflakes, side by side, start to melt into something. 
you and I will find the ocean we come from. And there again, the ocean seems to be coming right. back as that, um, that, that origin, that space, our destination, our, also our origin, um, that place we're heading for. Uh, but then the very last line um, changes that for well, me. Before we get there, I, I'd okay. like to give a little bit of context. Do you know sure. the context behind this song or no? Um, I don't think I do. So why don't you? Okay. So there is a rock the boat. Um, oh, yes. Rock yes. Star. Okay. So a bunch of people who are uh, um, a bunch of musicians on this boat, essentially, uh, just playing music it's a tour and cruise as well so people can you know sleep there and like watch i watch musicians playing some awesome music but this was um song was written and they saw that and like essentially covid was on the horizon during this time and so this kind of comes in the wake of what was to come when this album came out which i find fascinating um but one of the things he talked about is like all, I believe this is what it was, or maybe I'm just adding this onto it. I don't know. You might want to do your own research, but uh, then the notion of all these people coming from different uh, facets of life and all coming together for the sake of music, having different intentions for lack of a better term, having different narratives for lack of a better term. And yet, and then it comes to that last bit of the ending lines. If you want to read that out for us, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. So so I, I think what you're saying is it's not really about the romance. It's just, yeah. But when I no, hear it, to me, it's, it, I, I don't know why, but I just think of, of, um, of a guy talking to his lover, um, John Foreman, maybe talking to his wife. That's, that's what I have in mind, mm -hmm. but yes. So that last line, um, how we spend our time is how we spend our lives is who we become is how we spend our time. Oh, the irony friends and enemies will all be buried side by side. So maybe I like, a, go ahead. I think a lot in the context of when this album was, was released as well, just like not just COVID-19, but everything that happened in the midst of it as well with, yeah, everything, uh, racial tension, uh, racial, not even tension, racial injustice, racial, and like how people were just too, the polarities of viewpoints, especially um, come November 2020, um, at least in the United States, where people were up against in arms against each other. And in the end, we we are John very much uh, taking the notion that he's done uh, in previous albums. In the end, we will all be buried side by side, no matter how different or how similar we are. It our end comes to the grave. That's who we are, and we will be next to each other in that same passion. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, and that reminds me of actually the second to last song, I think if I, uh, the, the Valley of the Shadow of Planned Obsolescence. Mm -hmm. um, planned, yes. Planned Obsolescence. Um, he talks about, again, he talks about at the end, how will we know when the final chorus dies? On the day my spirit flies, I want to be with you just holding hands. And mm -hmm. I guess we'll get to that song later, yeah. but I think this is, <laughs> I feel like this whole talk will be eventually going to that point, which again is what are either my second or my favorite song on the entire album. Mm. Um, yeah. Because a lot of it does kind of go, everything flows kind of there. And then the last song just 
spreads out if that makes sense right. those who are listening do not well i mean there's no video so you can't see it but i'm definitely doing this motion of like like forwardness into like a funnel almost and then exiting out yeah out of the funnel so well, that's an interesting that's a good that's a helpful structure for this album is maybe it's it's heading towards that because here it's being buried side by side and there mm -hmm. he's he's anticipating um that time but then when our ashes yes on the day our ashes rise will we still be friends and so, mm -hmm. um, so it's just interesting how this foreshadows that um, later on. So, okay, yeah. so let's- well, But on that as well, like going more again, this again, I mentioned already, this is my second, if not, I, this one and that second to last song, are like both two of my favorite songs in the entire album. Um, first off, uh, if you're listening to this, do give yourself a chance to listen to the YouTube version of him singing with Madison Cunningham. I do sadly feel that the album version kind of shafts her harmonies. She has a lovely voice and like it's, and the way that the YouTube video does it, like it's a, it's a live video where the two of them are singing side by side and um, they both take turns singing. I think that would be what would have been way more appropriate uh, seeing, seeing how this is very much not just, cause I understand why you felt this was a love song. Cause like it has that kind of like Islander romantic kind of aesthetic, um, but when you go into it like it's very much too it's very much a platonic kind of love or it's very much uh what, what, what's the other one um philios kind of like, like people it's, it's people it's, it is a kind of love of people that you may be on this other side of you may be on the other side of understanding of you may be on That's the other side of agreements of but and then go, go once again the thesis is that down in the beginning it's at the end how we spend our time is how we spend our lives who do we become and like um is who we become is like who we surround ourselves with who we become is how, what the actions that we take in the end whether or not we love where we anger or we fight in the end our end is the same it's to the grave yeah yeah and and maybe here there's different you mentioned uh, philos and there's um, the different kinds of love, eros, agape, and things like that. Um, maybe here there's the different ones. Those are just the there's Greek a lot ones. Of different cultures have different ones. I mean, even more than that. Anyways, continue. Sorry. Well, I mean, as I look at, look at different verses here, I can, I can maybe identify different kinds of love there. Like um, the best me is unafraid when I'm deeply aware of the love of the maker that made me. So that would be agape. The the love that when he's deeply aware of God's love making him. Yeah. Um, the next one and the and the best you is honest. When I finally start to believe in the promise you promised, I think of that and may, you might disagree with this. I think of that as the love of um, of a husband and wife of of a uh, the the vows that they that they make and and trusting one another. I, and it can be interpreted. That's the beauty of art. It can be interpreted right. in different ways. But mm -hmm. that's that's what I see when I when I hear it. Um, but then in another, um, the best you is free, where you're where you're beautiful inside and out without trying to be anything. I mean, that could be, I mean, any kind, many kinds of relationships can yeah. can want that kind of love, like a ch parent and a child, a parent wanting their child to just be, um, be them to be themselves, to be free and not try to prove something. Or, but even friends can have that, you know. So yes. that might be more of the philos, but that's a, that's a really uh, that's a helpful way to understand this song. That maybe there's different strands here 
of of love and different relationships that we have with with people side by side you know mm-hmm. when we're side by side with someone um that can mean various things like um a couple standing side by side two friends standing side by side a group of friends standing side by side brothers sisters standing side by side there's all i kind of as i as i think about this and then with the concept context you gave maybe even john foreman thinking about performing music in front of all these people who are standing side by side and maybe he's thinking about these things like the various ways that people relate to one another and then of course friends and enemies um people across different um political philosophical religious cultural divides many others um uh maybe where you and i are as different as snowflakes side by side by side Uh, so the differences but start to melt into something we'll find the ocean we come from that we have a common purpose a common destiny which is the grave but Mm -hmm. then thinking about the ocean as well beyond um beyond the grave we are called to this realm in which we we can find some kind of unity that unites us despite those differences um that's yeah that's a quite a helpful way to see it going towards the chorus as well we'll find the ocean we come from really sticks out to me a lot personally Uh, and like yes akin to what was said earlier with uh ocean beyond the sea oceans kind of like alluding possibly towards heaven but also with the heaven on earth mentality which is going to ironically come up in the next song um (laughs) It's, uh, it, it is very much, it's not just, let's hope we find some peace in the afterlife. It's like, I, it is very much, I, I, I hope we can find our true selves. I think that's really what, what it comes to. And for me, what I gather is like us trying to find our true selves through the interactions and through the friendships and through the people we love along the way. Our goal, as we go to, kind of as multiple people on these boats going down the same river, we're all trying to find who we are. And the, the hope is that we will find who we are eventually, wherever that point will be on that river, essentially. Yeah. And even um, though, and even though we may not um, get there fully now, we can still have glimpses of that true truth, even right. in this present life. And this is definitely a contentious point. Um, and I don't know if I fully agree with this, but I'm going to th- say it anyways. Uh, I, I, th- I think the reason why we argue is because we love something or someone. We argue with our with our. our well, I don't have a spouse, but we argue with our spouses. Um, we as the the, the general we, uh, we argue with our spouses because we love that person. We want them to understand us. We argue with the people on Facebook sometimes because we're idiots, but also sometimes because we love those people as well. And it's this notion of. Uh, finding ourselves arguing with other people is like, it is all, this is a love song. You're right. This is a love song. And this could be a love song towards, towards spouses, but this is just the, I don't mean to sound like a sixties hippie, but this is just the general love, bro. I think this is like, uh, yeah, uh, that there are multiple layers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't we go to the next song though? Um, a place called earth. Uh, so that one, so th- I think this is probably the most explicitly um, eschatological in the sense of the language that he uses. Oh, how I long for mm-hmm. heaven in a place called earth um, where every son and daughter will know their worth, 
where all the streets resound with thunderous joy. Um, one of the lines that really, that really sticks out to me here is, oh, the songs we've left unsung. And mm -hmm. that makes me think of, um, perhaps in a different way from what we've been talking about, we've like in, the, in this song talks a lot about um, the, the real social issues that we, that we face, um, that people are facing. And the questions buried in her lungs, oh, my father, why my son? Oh, the borderlines. Um, and so there's that element of longing for heaven on earth. But then that line, oh, the songs we've left unsung, that's related as well. But I also, to that, what I, I think of is um, a story by Tolkien called uh, Leaf by Niggle, which is about um, a painter named Niggle who spends much of his time uh, like a lot of most of his focus in life trying to paint this leaf um, the most perfect way that he can but he really he gets distracted like um, his his neighbor's roof is leaking um, and his neighbor keeps on asking him for help and he gets annoyed he doesn't want to help his neighbor he'd rather focus on his painting and it, and and he dies and it's kind of like a parable for the afterlife um, because he goes into this kind of um, it's almost like purgatory. Um, I think that's probably what Tolkien was thinking about because he was a Catholic and, um, and Niggle, Niggle has to kind of be purified of a lot of, a lot of things that he didn't do with his life. Um, a lot of things he failed to do, but he is, he, he finds some, there is some kind of salvation that comes, um, because of the memory of what he did for his neighbor. And in the end, he goes to this place, kind of, it's almost like the oceans beyond the sea, but it's more like mm. the mountains beyond the mountains in a way. Um, and he sees this tree uh, that's, that's, um, that has, if I remember the story correctly, it, it, it looks just like the painting that he was trying to, to do throughout his life. And, and so, and if I remember correctly, I think he, he then can spend that time in eternity um, appreciating the beauty of that place and, 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 the art, and working on his art even more. And so the picture I get there is, um, and I may have said some of the things inaccurately there, but the main picture that I get there is that heaven is a place where everything that we wanted to do in this life, Tolkien seems to be saying, is realized in that place. Like, not just not everything, but those those good things, those beautiful things that we yearned for in this life, and we can even talk talk about um, on a social level too. Perhaps those things that we the the righteousness that we hunger for, as Jesus says, "Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled." I think that's another um, another example of this. That in that's what we're yearning for is for those things to be filled, fulfilled and for that hunger to be satisfied. Hmm. I see that. Um, first off, is that Tolkien's way of making sure that he doesn't use like one of the most common British names, Nigel, is that <laughs> Nigel? Is this spelled N-I-G-G-E-L or what? N-I-G-G-L-E. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I, I don't know why. It's, <laughs> I wonder if it's because I, I just always think of it as his. He's really trying to niggle at this painting, trying to get it perfect. Is that a word? Is niggling a word? 
It is. Okay. Okay. Duly noted. You learn something new every day. Uh, I, I, for me, it comes to, there's a lot of wonderful poetry in this. Uh, it's, it starts out very musically, very similar to um, Switch Foot's earlier album on Fading West, the song. Um, uh, wow. The song, it's the one that uh, children, uh, it starts with the children in Africa sing, uh, singing along with it. Um, it's not shattered for the sunshine, that was on nothing of sound. Um, checking the notes and checking the notes. I'm sure, this, this, this clicking sounds great for the, for the podcast, I'm sure, right? As a sound effect. Sound effect, yeah, it's got some foley in there, you know? All right, there we are. The world you want. Uh, it starts out with this whole like prelude um, in that song, and then it has a heavy hit to kind of like give like a sense of dramaticism. Um, do you think the execution is great or not? That's up to you, but it definitely does bring in the point. Um, if in this song, it starts out more, less of, it doesn't, it's, it echoes the, the chorus, but in a kind of like, what I want to, it's not an authentic, but an aesthetic version of what I would use as a high church kind of, not, um, not so much the singing, but like you have this drone, almost like the Eastern church, like not the Eastern church as in like the Eastern Orthodox, but like you have this drone of strings kind of like ascending upwards and it kind of creates a visual aesthetic of a sacred place. Again, it doesn't capture it authentically it more capture it aesthetically. Um, we would then bring in the heavy hit of of long. It starts out with you know, the longing for a place on earth, uh, for heaven on earth, and then bring the heavy hit of the catastrophes, the war was we had one, the songs we have left unsung. But I, for me, going similar to maybe again, I, I have a bias towards topics of identity, but um, similar to side by side, we'll find the ocean we come from, um, and also in this song. Uh, Oh, I long for a place where every son and daughter will know their worth. Those are the things that stick out to me in this song. Um, it's more like, I, I find there's a lot of validity when you're sharing, Josh. Um, but the things that I resonate the most with in this are more about us finding our, our true selves, for lack of a better term. Um, and I like the fact, because there's a lot of misconceptions of like, you know, heaven is a place up there or heaven is this place we escape to. And here it's like, this is John and also uh, Lauren Daigle singing as well, yearning for this place, a learning for, a yearn, yearning for this, this um, finding of truthfulness of the self, finding this uh, identity in Christ um, here, not just up there, but here, not just out there on the ocean, beyond, beyond the ocean, but ocean by the sea, but here on earth where we live here, Oh, how we long to be found here. And when will this come? It's kind of like a cry out to God. When will this come? Mm, yes. I, I like what you're saying there about the, the emphasis on every son and daughter knowing their worth. And, um, and, and I, I guess that's the tension that we live in where we won't experience that here in its fullness. And mm -hmm. um, we won't experience... Um, that street resounding with thunderous joy in this life fully, but we, the kingdom has, has arrived. When, when Jesus came, the kingdom arrived and he did, he did begin to teach people 
you know, as it's in that song, um, Oh Holy Night, the soul, uh, the soul felt its worth. That that's the gospel is teaching us all that, that we have worth, that we are loved by God. And so, um, and so long, so I think what you're saying is, uh, to the fullest extent that we can know it here in this life, we, we yearn for that and we pray for that, that it may um, not only come um, in the end of history, but may come to the fullest degree that it, we can experience it even today. I think that's the key emphasis because you're, you're right. You mentioned that like we might not experience it to its fullest extent, but I, I think oftentimes people view that we can't at all. And so it's something that's distant. It's the, it's the ocean beyond the sea. It's something that we will be full later on, but this is just, you know, us being separate is just normal. But I feel like John is here saying we can definitely, or the yearning is not that we, it, the yearning is that it's not impossible to, ha uh, to have it here either, or it's not impossible for us to come as close to it here. And why not okay, let us yearn for us to get closer and closer to that infinity, even though it is a, what's it called? Um, not, a, not a logarithmic, uh, inverse logarithm. You know, you're hitting that asymptote essentially. You're hitting that, right. that like, point where you can't reach, but let's get as close as possible. Um, and, or maybe, maybe John isn't saying that. I don't know. This is something that maybe that I'm placed to my own inter personal interpretation. That's art. You know, like, why can't we? Why can't we come closer and closer to that if God says in, in, in himself that, like, the kingdom, like, let us pray that the kingdom come here and with. Yeah. The kingdom come, come here. Yeah. Yeah. That's the prayer, isn't it? Um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, and that's that's what I see here too. This song is that prayer in different words. Your your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. So then the next song, um, red and gold. Do you want to say anything about this? Starting sure. Out? Well, I mean, uh, uh, John talks about this uh, red and gold being. Um, on the theme of departures like he this is the, the aesthetic of uh the lights of red and white and gold he uses which is beautiful but of uh, the the traffic of people leaving work going home eventually heading home but that's their it's their journey of going towards you know uh, their journey from work and their destination is home and so the uh, and if you've ever experienced san diego traffic on the five it's not fun, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's the, the yearning of going home. It's, eh, I feel like the yearning is the key thing. I guess one of the key themes of this whole album, like the yearning for this destination, but not yeah. there yet. Yeah. I think um, that like going, thinking about what we were, our previous conversation about a place called earth and, and this too, the highway image. And what we said at the very beginning, that these are songs on the journey, not the destination. And so, so it's, yeah, it's very much in, in the, in the motion, in the process of, going towards that destination um, and yearning for yearning for it to be here with us as much as it can be while mm -hmm. we're on the journey too. And, 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 and maybe that's where the breath comes in too, because um, for Christians and for Jews, the, the breath is the spirit of God. Um, the same Hebrew word, ruach, is the spirit and breath um, for, for breath. And 
that's the, the gift as well that we have that John Foreman talks about is we breathe it in, is that breath that we have. And if, if God is there in the end and God is that breath that we breathe now, then as we breathe, we can experience that end in our present lives today to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's, it's transient, it's, it's a glimpse, it's a passing glimpse, but we can still experience it here. So yeah, I, so um, I don't know if that made sense, but, but that image of being on the, on the freeway, I think is a really mm-hmm. concrete image of us being on that destination, on that, on that journey and, um, and seeing the red brake lights um, kind of almost reflecting the, I think John Foreman was describing this somewhere, like the, this, as the sun is setting at the end of a day. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's where some of the image, imagery here comes from. The red and gold, the evening is blushing, the city glows, the traffic and rushing of thirsty souls hungry for meaning and love. That hunger for, um, as I see it, the, the, the red and gold of the setting sun is, um, is like the ocean beyond and the, the reflections of it on, on, the, on the city light, on the city buildings and the, in the car reflection and the, the brake lights is mm-hmm. like um, our, our uh, breath trying to capture that life um, and, and that beauty on on the journey that's that's how i see it hmm. i see yeah i think also like uh similar to what was said in inside by side like the whole like notion that if this is traffic <laughs> we are all together in this same yes mess. yes um and like but like you know, the chorus says so hold on uh, so hold your faith you're not alone stay on your pace you're almost home we're on our way we're on our way home despite the fact that our homes are in different locations hmm. it is still we're still on this similar path of struggle um unless you're someone that likes traffic by all means like more power to you but um (laughs) interesting yeah and even though everyone goes off and disperse to their own destinations in that moment when they're all together on that freeway they're all experiencing this beautiful moment of the sun setting and in a way it's like um that's a deeper sense of home because you're you're experiencing this beautiful thing with other people um all in the same um mm-hmm. you know in the same experience um and just musically despite being bubbled in by your own cars we are essentially side by side at this point so. yeah 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 and musically there's something really um beautiful about this song too i um, but po- po- poetically and then musically, I, I, I like the way that he, that this has been written, and um, it really touches—I uh, don't know—touches me on a really deep level. It's not a—it's not a, a flashy piece by any means. It's very much—it's uh, his vocal, uh, his voice stays in a very like, his register is very squished, for lack of a better term. It's not like it's low. It's not like it's squished downwards. It's—it's a—it's a—it's a very small range, and so it's focuses that draws the attention towards the poetry which is really nice so the the words even though it's very uh you're right the music has a nice touch to it it very much draws itself back to the words it's not Mm. the music itself isn't trying to flash whatnot Mm -hmm. um the guitar solo uh 
has its own flash. It goes in its own direction almost. It's like a, it's not, a, it's, not a melody, it's not a melody that you can sing to. It's very much an improvisational element there. Um, yeah, I find it curious to why, but perhaps there's some sort of motif that I'm not understanding um, with that guitar, but maybe is it that just for aesthetic, possibly? Maybe, because, like yeah. Well, that guitar solo, um, just I picture just the setting sun and the light of the setting sun reflecting off the glass uh, on the windows of cars. And um, that's that's what I picture and, and windows of buildings. Um, and I just, the, the texture of the guitar somehow, um, it's almost like a kind of a yellowish, goldish um, color. Uh, so I, I like how I, I like what he's done. by the title. <laughs> I, I wonder, but I wonder, yeah. Um, I wish that fits he played really well. more with the, I, the, the improvisational element. I wish it was played more in the, the in the the form of the solo. To like it, it, there, so Switchfoot's latest album just came out last night as, as of our recording. Um, but one thing that does amazingly is just the the it definitely takes conventions of form, takes conventions of what you expect on meter and just goes in a different direction. And I wish this guitar solo just, it breathes really well. It breathes really well, but I wish it just went further and further. It just kept on, didn't have to be constrained by the four minute structure that, that a lot of songs have, like go further out. So I guess that, that's why I don't quite see it yet. It's like almost there, but not quite there yet. Unless, yeah. unless John is playing the, the grand troll and like similar to education, the whole almost thereness with like every breath and almost thereness <laughs> with this guitar solo is the almost thereness of where we are in our life to come compared to the kingdom. That would be really <laughs> skilled if he. I don't. If that's what he's doing. I don't think so. But if you want to roll that, by all means, go for it. <laughs> So the next song there is Jesus, I Have My Doubts. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, this one is really um, blatantly, it, to me, it's like a psalm. Um, the psalms were, as you know, the um, prayers often expressing doubt, expressing questions. How long, oh Lord? Um, you know, why? Uh, why uh, won't you stand up? Um, why are you allowing this to happen? And, mm -hmm. and even though he, it's, it's interesting, it's it, Jesus. I have my doubts. It's, it's as if, um, he's telling God, he doesn't believe in God in some way, but it's not so much in the existence of God, as much as wh where are you, wh where are you in the midst of all that's yeah. going wrong in the, in this past year and in society, all, um, just to quote the line, uh, that stands out to me. Jesus, what a week we've had. Jesus, has the world gone mad? Jesus, feels like the world's in pieces. I'm sure you've got your reasons, but I've got my doubts. It's a really, um, it, this, this one is really raw, I think. Um, and it, like the questions, are you there? Can you hear me? Do you care? Are you near me? Because mm -hmm. I'm scared, I'm weary. There's nothing really... Um, um, elaborate or sophisticated in those lyrics it's really um raw and maybe i think the the cover art for this 
album where you you see that John Foreman's kind of head and shoulders, um, and he's kind of there. Maybe that's partly um, a reflection of this that he's kind of being expo- exposing his his doubts, his exposing his his um, himself. He's he's really vulnerable, um, and and showing that to uh, not just to God but also to the listeners. I, yeah, this is a very uh, in both the lyrics and also in the music. Uh, there is a rawness and emptiness uh, within both. That um, there, I mean, it's not as raw as it's just guitar and singing per se, but um, there is a lot of empty space. Uh, I would have loved for him to add in more empty space, but it's a lot of just the silence that uh, the silence of God is something I feel like a lot of people have experienced in the past couple of years. And this definitely hits on that note for sure. Um, and it kind of goes, it's interesting, kind of uh, during the bridge, the words that you echoed earlier, are you there? Can you hear me? That whole section, he keeps on repeating himself. And his voice constantly ascends upwards and upwards, but it's not, it's not a scream. It's not, he gets into his falsetto and it's like, there's a lightness to it and it just evaporates, but it's not, it's, it's ended up to a point where this, this frustration almost that, or this doubt that John has, it's gone away from the anger that, uh, and more than just to a, I don't know, you have, you're a better, you you have better, uh, sense of word is Josh. I don't know if when you see my face, just do this. <laughs> I don't know. What, what do you think? Like, just a... um, well, I was wondering if you were going to say something more like a resignation. Maybe that's not the best word, but Kinda. a that's sense the best of... Word there. Yeah, it's along those lines. Not despondency either. It's just, mm-hmm. it's for, it's, it's kind of like if you want to take the whole river portion, it's just like, it is a man on the river just floating down. Like not so much fighting, not so much fighting the current. It's just like, it mm-hmm. is and not, but not either enjoying oneself. It is just on the current. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, because well, in that bridge, I, I don't want to sing it myself. Um, I don't know if I can get a clip of it for people to listen to, but um, <laughs> well, just listen to it. Make sure you do this. Pay your artist, guys. So yeah, listen. That's to a it. good point. Um, yeah, he, he ascends his voice because I'm scared and I'm weary. Are you there? And then he kind of, it lifts up. And, yeah. um, and so I, that's an interesting image of it's kind of, he kind of, it's almost like a surrender, just giving into the current of the river, but he's also lifting up. So it's like an ascension as well, um, like surrendering upwards too, um, giving off kind of like Jesus on the cross into your hands, I commit my spirit. That's that's the kind of at least musically what I hear him doing. Um, is that what you're saying, or maybe you're saying something? Yeah, a bit actually, different? I, I, that's not what I get. Actually, uh, I mean, I, I, I can definitely see melodically in the traditional format. If you're having it like going upwards, there's a sense of like leading it towards maybe towards Christ. And but for me, it's more so it's attention without tension. It's a frustration without anger. It's a ocean without a sea <laughs> i don't know it's uh it's this uh because uh, he's he's seeing it but he switches he switches the voice to a falsetto which that if you don't know what that is it's where you kind of like paralyze your vocal cords not paralyze but like let's say where the it's 
you'll know when you see it. Just, 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 just search up what a falsetto is. Instead, this is my speaking voice. This is my singing voice. Then you go to falsetto. It's, it's a switch towards, and like it's it evokes. It's a little like there's a lack, a lack of weight, and it's more just. Um, if, even though he's going upwards, there's a lack of weight. There's a mm. lack of anger, but it's still just a resignation. Interesting. Yet tension. A resignation. Yet ten, uh, is tension without tension is the way I can evoke it without giving it off. Because okay. there still is a yeah. There still is a, instead of it being in that flat line kind of register, which I say in like uh, he, it still is moving upwards, which still evokes a sense of tension. And he didn't end on the, to the tonic. He does not end on the resolving note. He ends on a chordal note, but it's not a resolving note. You have to explain that um, partly for our listeners, partly for me, um, what, you, what you mean so, by that. When you have, in, in Western music, um, there, in, uh, there's tonality where the notion, the notion that like music kind of journeys itself back to a certain note. So when you're at the key of C, all like you end on C major, or if you're in the key of C major, you end on C major. It has the resolving factor. It's that you know, it's the Odyssey where like it's the whole journey towards home, and you end on the home chord. Um, and so, with in that, uh, we have C major. You have the tonic. You have the scale of one tonic. You have also wow, it's been a while since I've talked in these terms. I, talk, I teach little kids and use these <laughs> academic terms as much. You have the mediant. And you have the dominant, the tonic medium dominant, the one, three, five. That's what makes, makes mm -hmm. a major chord. Um, and, uh, and when you hit C major on C, that is the most resolute you can end on. That has like, mm, I've hit home, put this myself in park, right. gotten the keys and just laid down in bed yeah. kind of thing. When you land on a, the third, it's, a, it's you, you're still in that final, you're still on that home chord, but it's not the most resolved. Okay. Maybe you yeah. hit home, you stopped your car, or you're still in your car. And so he ends tension. on the third. Is that what you're saying? Yes, he ends on third. Okay, interesting. And so, yeah, so, so in a sense, he's not home. No, right? no, I'm sorry. He ends on the on the on the third. He ends on the on the medium of the five chord, I believe, if I remember correctly. It's not home. It's not resolved. But, so basically, though, it's not home. It's unresolved. Yeah, it's not. It's unresolved. Exactly. Okay. And so yes. it's not like it's he's given to God and it's, it's done. No, it, there still is that tension. What not? Inter yeah, as as I think about it and and uh, try to th uh, remember it more, you're right. It's it's a sense of, well, I'm trying to. Yeah, it's almost as if he's he's evaporating actually. Yes. Um, yep. Like uh, just a mist. Um, yes. So even though that does. This is why I would have loved yeah. negative space afterwards, just like letting it and don't sing afterwards just just, just give some like an extra measure of emptiness and that would have even more so evoked the evaporation yes um and and maybe me wanting to read much into this um i can still i can still think of that in terms of that him evaporating into that silence into that emptiness he's still being caught but by god but I, I hear what you're saying, though, that that's not what he's expressing as much as he's he's uh, not home. He's unresolved. And so yes. so and I think that's something that I wanted to talk about as well, 
when we get there, which I realize we should get there soon. Um, <laughs> at the end of the album as well, it ends similar way. I, I feel that the album doesn't end home either. Um, it ends unresolved as well. It ends yes. kind of with a, with a siren, um, uh, an, you know, an ambulance siren, and not like how I, I would expect. Um, how a lot of his music kind of there's there's a sense of hope more, more of a sense of hope or finality or um a resolution um and so maybe we'll get that we'll get to that at the end um but i think that's one of the big questions i have yeah. about this album so but the, but the next song though does to me in a way provide that resolution um thanks be mm-hmm. to god of course i i wouldn't call it resolution but it at least has a sense of hopefulness you're right because it's not like yeah because it's an acknowledgement of the 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 the, uh, the what's the word I'm looking for goodness I said it earlier today um, the faithfulness of God but still not a, it, I'm sorry I stole your line I stole your line I, it's but I wouldn't call it resolved. Say your piece because <laughs> you were saying something, and I want to. I want to latch onto that, but I don't well, want to entirely take away. Go for it. This maybe this song, in a way, uh, is kind of another another illustration of the what the theme that he's writing of the highway, of the freeway, and of this this the the ocean beyond the sea, but also we're mm-hmm. on the river going through that ocean. Um, because he, on one hand, the verses say, I want to do good, but I can't stay right. The wrong in me came out tonight. It's, I'm a wretched man in a losing fight. And so that's the resignation side of it. Um, recognition of his own uh, sinfulness is one way to say it. Um, but then the chorus is a victory. Thanks be to God who delivers me. And uh, um, Christ, Christ alone, come and set me free. Thanks be to God who delivers me. There's a, I, there's a tension there between, if we see this as a story, there's point A where he's a wretched man. There's point B where he's saying, Christ, come and set me free. And then there's point C, which is the victory. Thanks be to God who delivers me. And it's interesting that this song, you don't really know where he is. It's kind of in the verses, he's in point A. He's in the wretched side he's in the resignation but in in the chorus it's points b and c he's asking for help and then he's thanking god for that help um and so i so so what i'm trying to argue is my my perspective on this song is that he's experienced victory or he's at least um he's at least uh acknowledging that victory will come um but he's also, he's in like in different points in time. So in the verses, he's very much so. He's he's describing his challenges and the times when he's he's singing as though he's in the fight. But then in the chorus, he's singing as though he's already attained victory. Yes, I, I think you, you're you're entirely on point with as far as like it's not present tense. The chorus is not present tense, and you don't have this sense of victory in the way the music is constructed. It's not. Uh, you don't have the horns blown. You don't have like your archety- archetypes of what would be a deliverance motif. It is very much uh, a an individual in the fight, but a recognition that God is still delivering in the past and a, a hope. It's more of a hope, I think, 
it's more of like once again this the ocean beyond the sea it is the hope of deliverance based on the faithfulness of who god has uh, has been and who he believes god will be so right now in this fight that he is in he recognized that god has delivered him even though he doesn't feel delivered it's this tension of recognizing this is who i believe this is where i'm at and but I also recognize this person, this this being God who I am also side by side next to, if you want to go that route. Like, I recognize mm-hmm. that God will still save me. Yeah, because musically, you're right. The, the musically is not a deliverance motif. It's not a resolving. It's a resignation still, but a resignation of hope. And it's interesting also because we go on this last song about, you know, that of this upward evaporation, if we will, um, and then the very beginning, it has the very similar strings um, aesthetic of an Eastern church, not not uh, authenticity, but aesthetic of that those strings that has the drone that's upwards, as if it's alluding almost once again towards the church beyond the church, I think, hmm. the church beyond the four walls. Hmm. Um, and so this is a really good song. I really appreciate it a lot. And it does a really good job with... Um, so many of uh, combining its musical and also lyrical elements together of not it's not clear, but it's there. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. When you mention that church beyond the church, um, you probably know this, that there's oftentimes people describe the church militant, which is um, the, the church that we as Christians are part of on earth um, militant in the sense of we are in this spiritual struggle in this battle um, against evil. And then there's the church triumphant, the, the church, the saints that are in heaven that, are, that have already experienced the victory um, that Christ has won and they are our cloud of witnesses. And so they are already triumphant. They've already, they can, they can it's as if they've seen how things will turn out and they're in that end um, point. They're in the age to come. And they can see how things resolve. But we are in the midst of the battle. That we, as the church militant, um, we're we're still in the midst of the fight. And so that's interesting. That because Paul, this is actually a, a quote. He's he's alluding to Saint Paul in in Romans chapter seven, um, who says, "Thanks be to God who delivers me." And I'll just uh, where is this? Um, Did I get the right version? <laughs> NIV. What, what a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So if, so thinking about it, I, maybe just another level is it's as if the chorus is the, the church triumphant singing the song of victory. And, and the verse is the church militant is us going through the, the freeway, the river, and and um, and recognizing our our limitations, our failures. Um, so I, I like that interplay, and that reminds me of the uh, another song later on, which um, where was it? I think it's also the the va- valley of the shadow of planet obsolescence. The line where he says, um, "The point of where the funnel." <laughs> yes. And Tomorrow's song. Oh no, that's tomorrow's song. Oh, love is the uh, rebel song. The... Yes. Yeah. Um, he he has that phrase. Let us sing tomorrow's song. 
And I think that's another um, expression of this, that thanks be to God who delivers me, that's tomorrow's song. Mm -hmm. That's the song that by faith, we believe that we will be singing that song tomorrow, tomorrow being the age to come, the the new creation, um, the day that the church triumphant is already, that's the song they're already singing. Um, And so this is an echo of that, that um, as I see it, um, he's singing tomorrow's song and, or he's hearing tomorrow's song being sung today. Yeah. I think this is actually my favorite song on the album. Uh, Thanks be to God. It's a very well done song. I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, Well, um, let's see. So we have a few more songs to do. So let's try to go a bit more quickly so we can get to those last songs and unpack those. Sure. So there's the gift. Um, anything you want, uh, I have beautiful lyrics, I think. Um, and this shows John Foreman's uh, lyrically, I think his evolution. Um, I, I like how he, how these kind of sound like blessings and, and well, they are blessings. Bless the blurry eyes that greet the dawn, bless the wounds we fight that lead us on. Um, but really, and also may your faith be like a lantern to your soul. Mm-hmm. May your hope remind your head of what you know, and may your love be your companion on the road you roam. May the wind that blows the hardest bring you home. I think those are really beautiful words. I think something that is overshadowed or people don't talk enough about is the structure that John does with his album work. Um, Like how he places songs next to each other. This is one of the, as far as album work goes, this is one of the best that he's ever done, if not the best. Um, And when I say he, I mean also what his stuff he's done with Switchfoot as well because you have this sense of, like you you start with Ocean Beyond the Sea um, with like the grandiose, then we talked about education, bring it into the intimate. We then go side by side, this continuous, the continuing of the motion, um, and yet also giving the, uh, the listener kind of a, what is it? Uh, a foretaste of what is, uh, what the rest of the album is going to be. While a foreshadow. Also alluding to the fr- a foreshadow, sure. Definitely a foreshadow. I mean, a are forecast. you just trying to brand right now? Are you should <laughs> like and subscribe right now. Is what I say? Um, and also, I mean, if you, if you are saying that, we should also make sure that you do like and subscribe. Um, make sure you get a lot of views of this because it's really good stuff here. Um, and then in a place called Earth, it brings it even further uh, because it goes back into the tension. Um, and actually, from there on, the tension continues. Like red and gold is that still alluding towards side by side but it still is the tension of not thereness that a place called earth comes jesus i have my doubts that's probably the 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 bottom piece of this whole album yes not as far as like the worst song but as far as the 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 lowest portion thanks be to god lifts it up and then the gift is the blessing for the continuance of the Hmm. journey which is i i always have issues when people say you know the church uses like military language (laughs) Like, you know, like the what do you say the church militants or like mm-hmm. the what yeah versus the church combatant or what was triumphant it's like i understand why that exists but like journeys would do just as good of a job uh or the, the journey language as opposed to like military language anyhow so thanks be god is a great kind of bridging point of the forward motion down the river if that makes sense yeah, also, there's, there's a has, lot of different uh, metaphors, I think, that are at play here, which adds to right. the richness. And it's it's kind of, it goes away from the focus of John being the, the main focus of the character. And it's kind of like, mm-hmm. it is above 
the whole situation. It's almost like a palate cleanser, almost. You just had a bunch of meat. You have now a tart to cleanse your palate for the next portion of the meal. Because mm. John is so away from this musically and also lyrically. How how long is this song, anyways? Do you do you know? I don't know anyways, the minute length. It's one of the shorter ones. It's one of the shorter songs. So yeah, it just it fits perfectly in the structure of the album as a whole. Interesting. Yeah. So would you call it a palate cleanser as well? I would call it pop house because I know cleanser. you when you when you make playlists, you often you've told me that you like to include palate cleansers like that, where it's kind of just to it's tell, telling a story. Um, and when you reach a climax or a turning point, then you need something to kind of just um, kind of refresh and yep. energize you to go on to the next chapter. And, I, I, that's, and that's what it does. Yeah. 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 And because, again, the next song, it's in the title. It's a weighty one. Right. So you want to transition that one, I yeah. guess? So weight of the world. Um, yeah. Maybe the only thing I'll say about this is um, there's a lot to say. We, to, we can't do it justice like any of these songs, but um, it reminds me of his song, Capable Hands. Oh, no, Equally Skilled. So the, the line, Capable Hands, reminds me of his song, Equally Skilled, which he wrote in one of his solo album, EP albums earlier. First. Um, yeah, where it's um, the very both, first EP, very first one. Okay, both of his hands are equally skilled at administering justice um, and righteousness, and and so here it's also talking about hands being capable, um, skilled hands that will um, carry the weight of the world, that will bring justice, that will help us in our time of need. Um, but in this case, the metaphor is carrying the weight and the baggage. So that's. Uh, so that's um that's I yeah. Do you have anything you want to say about this? Uh, I actually I never caught that illusion. Um, and you, you're right. I think the a lot of people try to c- compare it to uh, Only Hope, um, because of the yeah. six eight meter mm. um, that's in this. Because uh, John actually doesn't do you a lot of six eight um, with a lot of stuff, so it has that. And also the chord progression also is is akin to it, um, but. I think that's a good allusion towards um, equally skilled. It has that same kind of broken line in the guitar. One thing that's also, I always found interesting when I listen to the song is the last chorus. Um, uh, I've like uh, During the last chorus, the last chorus only, he throws in an interesting meter change. Um, I don't, and I haven't really tried to pinpoint it so much. I can't tell you what it is, but like, mm, yeah, he throws in like, uh, at the end of every other line, he throws in an extra bar, bars worth, just to throw and throw oh. off the throw off the listener. Almost like I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for your your capable hands to fix this, hmm. and yet it still has this off centeredness to it with that mixed meter. Um, so I always found that interesting. This is unfortunately because the next song I really enjoy a lot, and I I, I don't I don't give this song enough. Um, of a listen for mm-hmm. me to really d- d- delve deep. This is a really well done song. I liked it a lot, mm-hmm. but I know that's not a review, so it doesn't matter <laughs> if I like it or not. <laughs> no, it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's good. And so let's go to the next song then. Um, Love before, is the so, rebel song. Before, sorry, sorry. Before that, I, I think it's important just to note. It's like it's obvious, but this song definitely is a continuation of Jesus. I had my doubts. Like I, I think it's it, it would. It, it, I think it would be dismissive not to address that. It is very much still that notion of despite thanks be to God, 
I still can't hear you or I still don't see you or et cetera. Yeah. Mm. And, and even musically, this- musically too, there's that same feeling of um, almost not, it's not defeat, but it's, um, it's disp- not, uh, it's um, kind of, what's the right word? Like um, it's a kind of like a, a uphill battle um, or a Sisyphean situation. Something. Um, it's it's very heavy. Well, heavy. There's a heaviness to it. There's um, almost like a weight to it. Weight. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that that does echo that. And so that kind of the next song, "Love Is the Rebel Song," kind of picks up again in rhythmically, and um, and the, you know just the, the message of it. Do you know the story of the song? Um, I don't think I do. This was actually written a while back, uh, kind of. Um, oh, sorry. Yes, Twitter. I do. I do. Um, okay. <laughs> I, well, I heard something yes. brief about it. It's, it was about it was a dare, wasn't it, to write a song um, about tomorrow's song? Kind of. And he and he wrote. No, no. Well, no, that's what it was. That was based on that song. So he he wrote a song. No. Sorry. Why don't you Why don't you say it? <laughs> Um, so essentially he, I think it was late at night on Twitter. He just asked, Hey, yeah. give me some lines. Let's write a song. And it's like, let's write a song. And like one of the word, one of the lines was, uh, gray skies and cloudy eyes. That was the thing that caught him. And then he wrote a small little snippet of a song and it was called tomorrow's song. And in fact, um, love is the rebel song that that was all added on later. It was always the, the chorus was always let us sing tomorrow's song. Uh, the, I forget, actually forget. I, don't quote me on that, but like, Tomorrow's song was the impetus of the chorus, the, the former uh, version. He readjusted it. All the fans like, oh, cool. It's not been thrown away. So that's where this was born, essentially. Right. That's, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. I really like that that um, idea of tomorrow's song. And um, and so here it's, it's there kind of buried in the ending. Um, and something I like, even hate, even if hate is our loudest song, yeah, I still refuse to sing along. Um, We traded in our dreams for guns. Um, uh, Sorry, we we, we took our dreams and we turned them in and traded them for guns. That line reminds me of um, turning swords into plowshares idea in the prophets, but then how the inverse, how the inverse of that. Yeah. But instead Mm -hmm. of even if hate was our loudest song, I still refuse to sing along. So, so not wanting to, to live in that story. Um, mm-hmm. And if you want to talk about album construction, this also works perfectly because we just ended off with the whole notion of once again, the struggle was prevalent here. It is the acknowledgement of the struggle in the very first, I mean, the verse, it's like a prelude where it goes on. He'll add that whole like telephone filter or you no. Know, um, yeah. Um, not telephone. What's the yeah. not the monograph? What do you call it? Phonograph. Phonograph. That's what it is. And a phonograph filter on there, and so like the fight is where we're born to have hope uh, to a hope that feels malformed in a world at war. Love is the rebel song, and so it's the addressment of such. But as that lyric you just mentioned, I refuse to sing along to this hate that is being uh, that is being so present in our life. And, and it goes into the hope. It's like the hope is in our action, almost. The hope is maybe not in our action, but like it is because uh, as he mentioned in, in an earlier song, hope is towards thanks be to God, but it's not a despondency of a letting go-ness. 
we still have agency in this as well. We still have a part in this. So it, it, it is what we do from here on to push forward that hope as well. Yeah. And I think that's one of the strengths of this, this image of a fight. Um, mm-hmm. Because yeah, in, a, in, a, in a fight, you, you can't just sit on the sidelines. Like you're, you're, in, you're involved in it. Um, and, and I like that. So, and it reminds me of something that, um, that there's a, a priest called Metropolitan Anthony Bloom, and he's written about how the kingdom of God, um, I don't remember the exact line that G- Jesus says something like people have been, the, the kingdom of God has been coming and people have been seizing it by force, trying to enter it by force. And so he says that entering the kingdom of God is not something that we just do passively or that we, we just wait around for it to come, but it's something that we need to seize and take by force uh, in the sense, not, not physical violence, but in the sense that or not take over by force either. No, but in the sense that um, uh, we need to give it everything we've got and, and, and give commit to ourselves fully to seeking the kingdom of God on um, that God's will is done on, on earth as it is in heaven. And so it's, it's not something that we can just passively wait for. Um, Although we do need to wait for it to come in its fullness and we, and we yearn for it. It's that tension of, of um, waiting, but also, uh, but also uh, seeking and, and seizing it as much as we can um, through, through our, how we live our lives, how we, mm-hmm. um, how we love God, how we love our neighbor, those things. And maybe that's one, of, maybe that's a very practical takeaway. I mean, it's a very general thing, but um, it's this call that if we are following Christ, we are kind of, we're being enlisted, we're being um, re- recruited, or we're, another way to say it was, you could, another metaphor we could use is, um, we're being um, tasked to go on a, on a quest, on a journey, um, or we're being employed by someone to, to do a job. And like in, in a job, you can't, you can't do nothing. You can't sit around um, and expect to get a paycheck. You have to, to work hard and, and, do, and do one's job to, to do it. Um, like, and as, as you, like, as, as we, we could probably give illustrations through our own work, um, I don't know if, if you want to say anything about. No, I, I like the task of a quest. I like that. Um, not just because of the opening being the whole, you know, Tolkien-esque, yes. but like, you're right. Cause it is, we are given a task. It's, and it's not just something to be given passively. And as we see with the frustrations of this world, um, a lot of people, there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of work to be done and to expect that God's kingdom is going to happen just by we'll watch from the sidelines and let God take care of it all. It's like, or Jesus take the wheel, like that, that notion that, you know, that God's got it all. It's like, yeah, that's maybe that's, that's sure. That's true. But like, I, I think that removes what our goal is and what our job is and what our job is to be active as well. We are co-creators with God. And so we need to make sure that what, what God has given us, we are tasked to do properly. We aren't just someone who buries our talent in the sand, but we actually do something mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically, and there's many ways of what this, well, this, the question goes, okay, what is our task? And that's like a big, 
that's a, that's 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 for another podcast but um but specifically in this song for sure it's like whatever it be let it be of love and love is such a nebulous term so that's hard to know but we i think i think the hate that we hear is definitely not what it is at least that's at least what john's kind of alluding to yeah and just looking at these lyrics too maybe one task we can do not saying this is everything but it's a, the last lines if today we don't belong let us sing tomorrow's song in a world that's been alone love is the rebel song so perhaps what for me what i'm taking away from this is one thing we can do is sing tomorrow's song in the sense that we can like with playing with metaphors here that that song is being sung by by the church triumphant and we can learn the lyrics to that song and we can sing that song today and give that hope that give that hope to people today because people today who don't know about that song may not they may for them if they were to write an album of their life it would just be jesus i have my doubts or maybe not even that it might just be i have my doubts um with no with no sense of victory because where i mean where would the victory come from if they don't know that song and so maybe so I, that's a true so that's a true song for them to sing but it but i think what john foreman is saying is that there's a song that that's that's coming there's there's there is we have hope that there is a resolution that even though even though we things are challenging and even though things are messed up he has hope that there is a resolution and that's something we can give to others is is um that hope that there is a resolution um so and 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 and, and then through our love as well like we sing that song through our love too so it's not just like literally singing but maybe through the small acts of love like in that song education um that John Foreman's talking about the way that we sacrifice and lay down our lives for other people, um, even in the small day-to-day -day things. That's maybe one of the ways that we can sing that song, tomorrow's song, is through mm -hmm. those actions. Hmm. Yeah, I like the tie back towards the, the initial song, tomorrow's song. Is and the thing is also like it. You say it's buried. I disagree. Um, it's very much highlighted in the fact that this is a, um, going towards the musical element. Um, it is the last it is this, it is the last stanza true um, that's true it is uh essentially there uh where this, this this visualization is not helping that i'm looking at right now um the chorus goes do, 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 do. that's not actually how the chorus goes and that's my loading screen little jingle um sing to me a melody for the ones who will never win Song of some dreamers, in betweeners, the ones who will have never fit in, and then jumps over uh, to instead of what's supposed to be where the wars go on and on, he decides to pivot into if today we don't belong, let us sing tomorrow's song. That is the continue. It is the continuation of a line that does not reach resolution until love is the rebel song. So the the tomorrow's song element is very much it shifts the mind because it is mm -hmm. not supposed to be there. That's a good point. Actually, I, I think I agree with you that rather than being buried, actually, it, because it comes at the end like that, it's more actually highlighted. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. Yeah. And then we come to and the now, song. 
that we've been leading towards. Um, the funnel of it all. Yes. The valley of the shadow of planned obsolescence. Uh, first of all, what is obsolescence? Um, it's something that's obsolete is something that's um, like no longer useful, no longer um, yeah. relevant. So then what does it mean to be pla for planned obsolescence? So I guess, ah, I think, what, what do you think that that's a reference to? I, I would rather not go, I, what is, I, personally, I think it'd be better if we just attack the song first and then address the title. Maybe that might give some foreclosure because for me, uh, uh, this song is very much, if I, if I may, if, if you give me the pleasure to please lead this. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, it talks a lot, it alludes to a lot of older things in this song, like talking about MySpace and like the things mm -hmm. that used to be. Um, now, you know, it also says now Justin Timberlake's apparently involved, even though like, MySpace is still obsolete in and of itself. Um, it's an attempt, even, even JT's attempt of bringing it back <laughs> didn't do anything. So that was, in, MySpace still exists in obsolescence. Talks about also CDs that we cherished a lot ending up in, no, no one cares about. It's now in goodwill. And for me, it, this felt a lot like, my first initial reaction was this is the, like, um, John is at the age, he's a Gen Xer, who's like, he's not, he's no longer part of the, I don't want to say he's no longer part of the fight. He is, but he's no longer a part of, like millennials are now 30 years old. We are now the people that are kind of shaping culture more or less where he was once. And now he's essentially in this position of obsoleteness, or at least that's what society has kind of placed him in. Everything that was once that he once cherished has now been taken over by tech that Zoomers enjoy a lot. And so he places himself like, um, what's the line here? Uh, he makes allusions towards, if I know the song, apparently not. Uh, towards social media or no, there we technology? Are. Um, so no, just, well, he has social media donation like, uh, Back in the day, falling likes, uh, falling on likes meant other things, and pretty soon another made of world is going to start. But I think I'd rather just play guitar, feeling disposable and old. This whole notion of mm. like uh, uh, social media was is, is definitely a millennial construction or not construction. Zuckerberg is not. I don't actually don't know how old he is, but like this whole notion of all this the, the stuff that we consume on a daily basis was something that came after the prime of the Gen X, and so. As someone, as John, I, as I see, like just observing the world taking play, uh, taking, consuming itself, and like you know, growing and falling on itself. I feel like once again, this is like this notion of like uh, separation, and he's rather just you know go and just do what he understands best, which is guitar, feeling disposable and old. And I'm gonna stop there because I want to hear your thoughts. Because even though it's not where it ends, that that's a big part of. I feel like the the. Uh, the aesthetic of what John's giving off. I think I would probably agree with you. I think um, so. I've heard, I've read that the beginning is about um, it's kind of a mysterious. Uh, like who, what is he referring to? What did you do with the old one you used to use? I remember when you two were simply inseparable. Now she seems only disposable and old. Well, it's about a cell phone, and um, he's talking about so in a line of lonely models built to sell. Planned obsolescence works too well. Um, feeling disposable and old. 
I think planned obsolescence is, is about how a lot of technology these these days is is created to become obsolete one day so that people will mm. buy the newer models. It's it's a way to for these companies to be continuing to earn more money because um, like if they just had the same model that lasted 20 years, they wouldn't be making money off of that because right. people wouldn't be buying it. They wouldn't need to buy anymore. And so we're kind of living in a disposable society, it seems. And, and maybe John Foreman sees other trends, not just in cell phones, but social media. Things are popular one day and then they're obsolete the next day. And mm -hmm. he's beginning to feel himself, as you said, um, like maybe people, people think of people like that too now because we see technology and our tools like that. People are treated that way too. I mean, um, I mean, think about how like elderly people in, in our society are um, not given the same respect and value as they would have been in traditional societies. Um, and a lot of our value seems to come from our status, our, our work um, positions, things like that, as opposed to um, our relationships, our, our wisdom, things like that. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that's, I think I'm in, in agreement with what you're saying, but then also. Um, so before you go to that, I think, if I, if I may, uh, I think that one of the, the, the curious things is that, maybe I could say this for afterwards, actually. What, about you it. sure? I, well, I, I feel like this is society. I mean, maybe, maybe because I'm a millennial and I've grown up around it, but I'm also someone who's studied history as well. Like this is, plan also obsolescence is more, even though it's more prevalent now, this is something that's that's been done throughout the like, throughout the, like, the whole like the elderly being seen as forgotten like or the, the, the people being seen as just tools for uh, to be purchased and sold essentially like this is that that's not something new that's happened throughout the, the history of society I feel like would you disagree so nothing new under the sun you're saying sure yeah I mean um, I mean kind of like. That's not exactly what I was going for, but that's a good illusion. Um, well, I guess, let me, let me think. Um, can, well, can, can you give examples of, of that? I, so we, we have a tangibility. We, we see the tangibility of disposable um, planned, dis, planned obsolescence, but People, you know, the people in power will always be using people, uh, people that are of, of lesser status to be used and then obsolete for the next batch of people. Like you think about generals and military, they're all obsolete. They're all at the afterwards, they are, they reach a certain age where they're no longer needed. So they're let go, essentially. It's like there's, a, we are as a society for a long time, as long as the society has existed, it's very much been the notion of use, let go next let go interesting i mean i think of like egypt like the slavery in egypt too i mean so i guess what you're saying is there there are you can see throughout history um examples of people treating other people as disposable or um i think one of the one of the um, differences is that with the technology and the tools that we have um we are creating things for the, and that's the, what this song is about, planned obsolescence. Mm -hmm. We are creating things for, the, for them to become disposed. So like new iPhones, like 
or new phones, they're created so that they will only last for a few years so that some people will have to buy the, up, the uh, you know, the upgraded version. And so sure. I think the, the tech, not like I, I've heard from people in uh, like pre- previous generations saying that in their day, things were made to last like a pair of boots or um, uh, like a sweater or a pair of jeans, those would last for one's whole life. Um, but nowadays we like, for me, I, a pair of shoes that I buy, like I'm like, if it lasts a year or two, that's great, but it won't last my lifetime. So, so I think that's the, I guess that can shape how we see people. So I guess the question is I said two points then to that. First off, I, I, I know people say that, but also like, for example, like the, the things that were of good, like that lasted for a long time were not of good quality necessarily. Or should I say, like, for example, the tires I have in my car, they are very soft and they're very, they do a great job of holding on to the, to the, uh, to the, um, the road. They also create less uh, sound, but it also means they're going to wear a bet and wear more because they're softer. So the things that we desired more, so things that lasted longer weren't exactly the 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 strongest but i I do agree that their technology specifically yes they were a lot of things are made to only last for a certain amount uh, for a certain period of time and i think also i'm going to recant something i said i said earlier something i said earlier about people in power have always used people and let go of people after they were no longer needed i think what you said earlier is, is true that now that technology and such has become more democratized that people have more access to it more people, it's not just the people in power, but people as is, as a whole are treating other people similarly as well. Not just people in power, but our day-to-day people are plan are taking people and plan and using them as for plan obsolescence. So I think that's something that is different for sure. Mm. Yeah, I guess, yeah. And I don't want to stray too much. It's I think, yeah, <laughs> I'd like to think I like I, I think I have to think about this more to really give a good answer and to sure. explain this. But I think. What he, what I think John is getting at here is, um, there's just a sense of disposableness. How, and maybe this is some. Perhaps we can find examples in history of this too. But um, certainly in our society, we can we can see that um, relationships are often treated like tech, obsolete technology. Um, and I think what he's trying to get at is he even though, even if he's, you know, another world's going to start or he'd rather just play the guitar. He'd rather, feeling disposable and old, he'd rather, there's something more real about that, more lasting um, and more authentic maybe. Um, and, and, and I think this, this is really more like a, a, a satirical song overall. So I, I can't, sure. but, but there's some seriousness to that, I think. Um, and in the end, how will we know when it's time to call it time? On the day my heartbeat dies, I want to be with you. The rest is just pretend, just make believe. I don't want to hold a trend. I want to hold your hands. And so I think there it's going back to the side by side. It's um, trying to find some substance deeper than um, a Facebook friend or a Twitter follower, but trying to find a a true relationship, a true friendship, a true companion, with, or what, however that might look, um, that's that's what's going to last. And maybe like thinking about this more eschatologically, 
um, in the end of the age, in, in the age to come, what will, what will we take with us? We won't be taking with us our, um, our, our phones or our, um, our, our social media accounts, but it'll be the love that we have and the relationships, the bonds that we have made with others, with God, that's what's going to, to last. And um, when our ashes rise, that's what, um, that's what will uh, endure is, is that. And so I think that's what he's getting at. Sure. I got you there. I think, again, I'm going to go on the more critical end, but it was just because as someone who grew up with a tech, there are people who have made authentic connections through the online means. And so it, yes. it's always like, whenever I okay. listen to this, like, and when I listen to this, it's like, huh, this is definitely a, an observation from someone of a different generation. Because like, there have been authentic, true people uh, connections I've made through the internet, through Facebook, you know, and yeah. like, which is easy to throw under the bus as unauthentic. And so that's why I'm wary about that term authentic, okay. but to the heart of what this is truly talking about, I, I agree. And it's like, I think it's, um, it truly is about just what do we, what, what do we surround ourselves around? What kind of tools do we surround ourselves around? Is it really the people that we are, as you were referring to earlier, as the people that we will eventually, whether it be in person or digital online like we are right now uh is it the people that uh we value or is it the things in, uh, that we will just use and just let go eventually and um i i i love the song a lot for multiple reasons I, again even even though i have my criticisms um this musically is a beautiful piece uh it people always re refer it to uh <laughs> i hear a politics oh it sounds very beatles -esque. no it's not beatles -esque. just because you have it on the beat like, that's not what makes it a Beatles like, like sound. Like, the clarinets do such an amazing job to liven up this piece to where it is weighted, but there is a sense of growth that happens with the clarinets that is take, as it takes over. Um, mm. Like you have this sense of like, again, I try to not use terms of authentic with organic, like, oh, that like, like, a, like a tree is authentic while a computer is inauthentic. I try not to use that, those terms because there are authentic things that can happen on the computer. But there is a sense of organicism that happens when you have those clarinets that come in and you have the sense of like groves that are sprouting out from the soil. Um, nice, yeah. Yeah, I forget who he, who he references, but the person that did, did the orchestration for this did a really good job. So we've kind of talked about a lot of things on that last song. Um, mm -hmm. Did we well, second to last song? Second, uh, yeah, second to last song. Um, was there anything that we were uh, foreshadowing to that we haven't actually fulfilled? In in other words, that the fun has have we talked about the funnel enough? I feel like it's fascinating that it, you start all this whole album is very spiritual, and this is the most like on the surface not spiritual. This is very materialistic. Like very, uh, yeah, material, denotatively materialistic, yes. Um, and I find that fascinating. It keeps on going towards this, like, it goes towards these like big concepts. And here, this is very personal for John. This is very much, everything is like referential to like things that he's experienced. And I think the ending point, even this, this song in and of itself is a funnel in and of itself, because he talks about all I want is to be with the person 
Uh, be the, the people I love referencing the side by side, holding hands, enjoying the enjoying one oneself uh, in communion, essentially. Um, but yeah, I, I find it again, this is like a well, like the album's cons construction just does a great job of like getting to the spiritual, the big, to what does this what does it mean to be in existence on this earth, essentially, if that mm. makes sense. Yes, yeah, I, I think so too. And and another point is where the funnel two comes in um, is the near the ending of the song uh, kind of stands out to me. But here's a fact. Yes, the internet's just a fad. I only give it a couple more thousand years or so. I, I like that line because it's, yeah, the internet's going to be with us for a while, a couple thousand years. But similar to what you were saying earlier as well, uh, some of the themes earlier in this album reappear here in the sense of the ocean beyond the sea. Like he's, even after a thousand years or so, in a, from a wider perspective, um, that's not really a long time in, in thinking about the history of humanity and, and, and thinking about eternity compared to eternity. Um, mm. And so I think this, so like what you're saying there, funneling it, funneling it onto what's really important, um, that line also for me shows the perspective, the, the big picture, the, the long sight of, of where history is going in, in, in John's understanding and view. And um, and trying to find what's really significant and what's really important in given time, um, so yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, our last words turn to the song "Last Words," and so this one. Pun. Pun. Do you want to start out on this one? Go for it. Yeah, uh, you can go. I, I, I give. You, I, I am giving it to the elder brother. Go by all means. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, as we mentioned earlier, um, this is his reflections on the, the people who have, who have he's loved and who, has, who have died. And um, it, um, like the song in um, O Gravity, um, Every Lament is a Love Song. I thought of that um, when I was listening to this song. It's, it's another lament, another love song for someone who's, who's gone. But this one doesn't have the same hopefulness, I think, that um, that one does. The only glimmer of hope that I, I see is in this image, again, of the breath. Um, if I can, these last words, your last words to me were keep breathing. And, and so that goes to um, what we were saying earlier about education. Breathe in, this, the power of breath is a gift, um, but we can't hold on to it. Um, we can only embrace what we have in the moment. And then also the breath as um, the spirit um, is, the, is the life that God gives us that we all have. And so that's the hope that I find is that um, that's the, the legacy that this person has left for, for John Foreman is to keep breathing, to keep holding on to that hope and, um, and maybe um, trying to, to, to hear in that breath tomorrow's song maybe because of the life think, that's in that breath I, I i think that's true um i think what really stuck to me was the bridge words are what the are what elegies say when they're unsure words are what relatives say because they have 
because they've heard them before. But none of these elegant words make any sense anymore. I'm losing you. And I think it would do injustice for us to try to make sense of it. I think this is a very honest song of just sorrow, of just departures. Like this is the depart. This is the the finality of this whole album is the departure of someone. And there is no like we can make try to make sense of death. We try to we try to use hopeful words, but in the end, it's just words. And I I don't I think the truth of this is in the wrestling of the question like uh, the very beginning how like where does the fire begin where oh, and where does it go is like this is when you when someone is suffering in death like uh in the south um the tradition is you give someone a casserole when you um when someone passes away because words just can't quite capture it i can't say anything to you know, make you feel better but I can at least be with you. So here's a casserole. Unfortunately, like, sometimes people just like, here's a casserole, walks away, I suppose, being, you know, being communal and whatnot. But like, I, I think that's like, the, the whole casserole element keeps in this notion of like, like you're right, the breath is a, definitely a prevalent element of it. And I think that's not to be, that shouldn't be dismissed. I'm just weary to like try to place word, uh, death just has no words. So it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think you're right in the sense that I don't think John Foreman was um, was in was in meaning that in the song. I think this song is not one about hope. I think mm-hmm. even though it, it had to me, I'm reading hope into it though. Um, sure. But I don't think that was the song is about hope as much as as you say, it's about yeah, it's about this sadness and it's about sitting in that sadness um, yep. and. And not having an answer or not trying to come up with an answer. What do you make of the ambulance and the sirens at the end? It also starts similar as well, like the whole closing of the door and also the ambulance as well, um, if I recall correctly. Hmm. I don't know if there's necessarily like a motif behind that, but I, I just think it, I think there are certain things that music uh, where like a melodic line cannot quite capture um, that fully, that sound effects mm. um, can only quite capture that sound of like loss, that sound of, you, you, when you hear an ambulance, it's not a police siren, that's an ambulance siren. Mm. You know what that means. You know, someone's either about to die, or someone's either in danger of dying, or mm. or such. Um, right? Yeah, so it's like it's, I, cr- it's a crisis situation. It's a crisis situation that no musician can quite capture. I think, mm. and similarly, words can't quite capture either. You just know what that's supposed to. Say. When you hear that sound, you know what's what's coming. Mm. Yeah. Another thing that comes to mind in this song is in based, influenced by what you're saying too, is um, thinking of Job's friends, how he, when in his suffering, um, the best things that they did for him was to be with him and to be silent. And it was when they were trying to explain the reason for his suffering, that's where they got it wrong. And that's where mm-hmm. um, even God was telling them that they didn't understand. They didn't have the whole picture. And so that's in a way, I guess, 
I, I was wondering for myself, where is the hope in this? And, um, and maybe, I don't know if John intended this, but one thing I can take away from it is maybe John Foreman is asking us to kind of be like Job's friends and trying to, uh, in the sense of trying to teach us or show us how to do it right. And that's to sit with the grief and to sit with Job and, yeah. um, and not to, not to try to, to come up with an answer. Although John does, does sing tomorrow's songs and he does have sure. that hope, but, um, but here he seems to be intentional about, um, despite that hope, still just grieving and sitting, yeah. sitting with the grief. And don't be um, like Job's friends. Be yeah. more like Jesus, who sat next to the community when Lazarus died. Who wept? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I, I think, yeah, you're right. Because all like everything else that happened prior to it, like was true all of these elements are true but like with death death just ends and i don't think i think this it was a perfect ending to be honest then um in fact the past three albums that john has uh, has been part of it's like been very like the, the late last song on on um in Terabang that just came out yesterday um has a very different kind of ending which i'm like hmm. um and this one i i like this one a lot i also liked also uh you're the one I want, which is on the album on Switch, but right before this album came out. And they both have this sense of like, you are now you're in the world. Now it's on you. It's now it's like, it's kind of like, kind of like that. It's kind of like, you, especially the song about death, they're talking about that there are no words. Should a song even come out, come after that? No, it's like that, that's the end. And maybe you should just sit in the silence. Hmm. I don't know. I'm thinking maybe I'm placing my own thoughts into this, but like sitting with silence, also the similar, the similar silence that Jesus had, that not Jesus, um, that um, John has when he doesn't hear from Jesus. Maybe it's maybe it parallels that. Maybe I'm looking too much into that. I'm not sure. But Jesus, I have my doubts. The whole like notion that I can't hear you here, we're just left in silence as well. Hmm. I don't know what one takes from that, but I feel like there's some sort of parallel. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe we should sit with the silence and, and think about that. <laughs> mm. Well, I think, yeah, there's, um, there's a lot there. And um, that's definitely important things to take away. Um, and, but I find myself wanting to have a resolution, to, to, to put a resolution to it. Um, and the, I guess the song ends with the breath, the image of the breath. And maybe that's, a, that's where we should end that song. End the conversation about that song too, is that image of a breath to keep breathing. Because John Foreman himself in, in an interview, I think he was saying that um, that is where there's a small glimmer of hope there with um, keep breathing. And it's, but a breath is not a word. A breath is, um, so it's not an answer in a way. It's not, it's not like a, a simple solution to, or, you know, try to, a word of trying to comfort. It's, it's a breath. It's, it's life itself. And almost, it's almost silent. 
it's like a whisper, it's like a whisper. It's almost like silence, but it's, it's still the presence of life. And um, so maybe that's where we and have to also, just leave it there. Yeah, maybe so. But also musically, I also uh, remembering, I wasn't, for me, the siren is not the ending, um, even though that is actually the last elements of the song. You are right, because uh, in the very end of the song, this is a very, um, the aesthetic of the song is different than anything else John has done before. Um, it's very, uh, you can probably send me a message in the comments, but um, but in the end of it, so I'm breathing the breath you left behind. Um, and then the last words that he sings is you left behind, it start, you have, you have this inwardness that as, as he keeps on saying, you breathe, I'm breathing the breath you left behind. The last time he says he left behind, there is a, a for lack of a better term, an explosion of sound that happens uh, where the, the keyboard and the drums come in. Um, okay. And yeah. it, it is essentially, it's not a happy explosion. It's not a sad, anger explosion. It's like, it is the continuation. It is where does the fire begin? Where does it go? it continues in us and it continues in the, the, the legacy of the next person and what continuing what we learn from them and bringing on to the next hmm. to the world from there on so i agree i think that it's there is a little bit of if there's like not so much a hope but there is like this is the direction it goes and this is and i always use the word the word obligation per se but it is the role that we play afterwards hmm. like passing kind of picking up the baton kind of idea yes mm -hmm. okay passing the torch yeah well that's that this um has been really i think i've learned a lot from this conversation about the songs and reflections john thank you for the time and the um the knowledge that you've provided about this and just the um the, the feedback and the conversation um interpreting and and um, yeah, just open, try, trying to un, unpack this album. So um, we have to, we should do this again with another album or another work of art sometime. Yeah. I'd so, love to do it. So John, if people want to um, find out more about your work or um, what you do, how can they get in touch with you? Or how can, is there anything you, any projects that you're doing that you want to tell people about or anything that you want to, for pe people to be able to find on online. Sure, yeah, thanks. Um, well, you can always follow, find me on Twitter um, and also, also other social medias at Mr. Seligman, M-R-S-E-L-I-G-M-A-N. Um, you can also, yeah, post stuff also on YouTube of the stuff I'd work on the educational elements on that as well. Uh, on YouTube, on Twitter, all the social media platforms, you can find me there. And if you have any questions or you dislike what I thought about certain thing, feel free to at me. I'd love to have a conversation or just to, um, you know, just mute you. I'd love to do that as well. So, <laughs> but uh, no, feel, feel free to uh, share, send me a message. I'd love to respond to you. All right. Thanks, John. I hope you enjoyed our conversation on John Foreman's album, Departures. In reflecting on some of the themes we explored, I'm struck by how this album holds together a tension between grief and hope. On the one hand, it expresses pain and doubt with an unresolved rawness. At the same time, it whispers of God's presence at the heart of our despair. What are your thoughts of the album? We welcome any comments or feedback to contribute to the discussion. Do get in touch by emailing foreshadowmagazine at gmail.com. 
You can also visit our website, foreshadowmagazine.com, to read new writings and listen to other work posted every week. If you know anyone you think would enjoy and appreciate our work, please share Foreshadow and Forecast with them. Thanks for listening. That's the forecast for today. 